listening to Dance Cinema Conversation with Sandra Sterle, Croatian artist, filmmaker and university lecturer. Sandra and I met in Zagreb, Croatia, to talk about her experimental dance film, The Fortress of Utopia, set in the former military bases of the Croatian island of Vis. Merging facts and fiction in a peculiar way, Sandra introduces the nostalgia for socialist past and perspectives of future. In this podcast, Sandra talks about her experimental approach to filmmaking, interest in variety of performative expressions, the function of absurdism in her work, and why she was interested in presenting The Fortress of Utopia not only as a film, but also as a multi-channel video installation. The film starts with a really beautiful shot of Croatian coast. Where is the Fortress of Utopia set and what is the significance of the location that you have chosen? This is actually the island of Vis in Croatia. This island was forbidden for foreigners until 1998. It was a very important military site. There have been uh, many, many places built on the island that were part of the military security protection, uh, so it was not so easy to allow foreigners. So the first tourists started to come in 1999, 2000, and this is where this island started to have, let's say, a new history and a new relationship to tourism, the global economy and stuff like that. I was really interested in the past and the present and how to maybe talk about that in a film that is a bit experimental, let's say. You said that the film sits somewhere in between the nostalgia for socialist past and perspectives of future. Is mm. that kind of the premise that you were trying to explore as a key idea behind well, making of the that's film? certainly one of the key ideas concerning, of course, my generation at the times that we basically lived through different countries. I mean, it makes you really question things that you uh, have been brought up with and then now have to transfer in another country and another values. I mean, I'm really the representative of that generation because I think that you are too young to even know what was it like to live in Yugoslavia and what does it mean to live in Croatia. I think we are basically this generation that have had this split in the middle of their adult lives. So we know what were we brought up with, uh, how are we obeying the rules that we had to live with and then what happened later how did we adapt to that what were the values and in a way I was not very serious but I was comparing these values through the new value of tourism so in a way I was a bit critical but also just trying to understand Coming back to the beginning, the opening sequence of the film, 
we start with the rhythm of something that sounds to me like military drums and this is combined with fast editing and as I already mentioned quite a beautiful site of Croatian coast and then there is a cut and the drums stop and we see three red figures appear in the distance and the sound changes as well. What are we seeing and hearing at this stage? I was trying to, without film gimmicks and the way how people are doing it in a narrative film, I was just trying to uh, maybe play with the idea that we can as well go to a past a moment. So this transition is just uh, saying like, okay, we are now in the past, but maybe it's not even past. Maybe it's just me setting up people, dressing them the way how they used to dress. And uh, what is this uniform that they are wearing? It's like this associating with socialist past, but we also see it's a cosmography. We also see clearly that it's not documentary and also the sound that is being played is all partisan songs, just to make uh, it clear that these are the moments where we can start to think of the past. I was questioning also very much the lyrics of the partisan songs and how do we today think of all these words that we were pronouncing and me as generation, we were singing those things in school. What were we thinking, basically? This is what I'm asking myself. What were we thinking while singing the partisan songs? Were we serious? Were we laughing? Were we performing? What were we doing? What it means to me, what it means to you, what it means to somebody else, right? Because we are individuals, one can identify with his songs and say, wow, beautiful youth, this is what I remember from my childhood. And another person, my generation, would say like, wow, I'm so frustrated, I had to sing these songs, they were so stupid, you know. And then you will have somebody who would say like, wow, you know, this is our legacy, we will never give up this legacy because this is the moment where we as people were liberated from the fascism and stuff like that. So mm -hmm. this is what I was questioning, basically. I would like to sit a bit with the element of sound in the film because it's one of the strongest elements in the film. And uh, I'm interested when in the production process did the sound come about, whether that was something that was guiding the idea behind the whole project from very early on and whether even visually the film was imagined with the sound in the background or was sound attached to it after? Well, while you watch the film you can see that some parts uh, of the film were already preconceived with the music because there are certain parts where the music is playing on the mobile phones of the people who are in the film. Mm -hmm. So it uh, actually served as a sort of guiding line uh, for the performers uh, in the film, while other pieces of music were added later. So I wanted to have a certain connection to the music uh, from the past, from the music from the socialist time, from the partisan songs, 
but on the other hand some things were added later in the editing process. Of course I didn't know till the end how the whole experiment would look like, but I must say it's an experiment in a way. When you were developing the project, did you work with a script or you had something more like a treatment? It was more like a treatment, with uh, some elements explained more in the detail. And here I must say that this was applied as a project to a Croatian film fund, which has a special section that is called experimental film, where I usually work with uh, as an author because of my background and the way how I was raised and what I was doing in before, I somehow always have worked in this field of experimental film. I have also been educated in, in that direction because uh, we here in Zagreb we had a multimedia center where uh, a famous uh, experimental filmmaker Ladislav Galeta was working and holding uh, lectures for us students from Art Academy, from the Mratic Arts Academy. So we were sort of group of people who have since early age started to think in that direction. And luckily there was always this fund that supported us in a way uh, with this intention not to make a full let's say short film or a long film, but experimental film, film that questions certain uh, ideas. Mm -hmm. And I'm so happy that we still have this here in Croatia. Coming back to the narrative of the film, there are a few different characters that could be identified. We have tourists, we have figures dressed in red, then there is a figure in black, uh, there is a naked man towards the end. Could you tell me a bit about the storyline, in a way, behind the film? Who are these figures? What do they signify? Mm. Well, I usually, in the past, have worked a lot with costumes. And uh, I'm very interested in uh, combining uh, different costumes with different uh, ideas behind. And for me, this is... Um, let's say a long-term project that I have always either turned myself into other people or turned the other people into something else. So uh, yeah, this is a story where uh, actually the same actors or I would say people who appear in the film, they change between this ghost from the past and further simplify themselves into the reds and blacks, you know. And then today they transfer in the tourists who we don't know whether they are black or red or white or whatever, but they all have the same interest to explore the territory. And I wanted to shift in this experiment the time in the, like forward and backwards just to see or to start to think about what is happening in the terms of ideology or does any ideology still exist except ideology of selling your product in a way? There is a series of performative gestures in the film. When we spoke about this project earlier, you said that you were interested in shifts and transitions between performer and dancer. And the shift into expression with the body and the movement. 
why was this of interest to you and how was this explored throughout the film? Maybe I will just continue uh, what we were previously talking about is that my interest is really shifted towards this investigation into what is really a performance or what we call uh, performative today. So I think this film have joined some of my visual explorations in the times but also some intellectual wondering about what is this performative shift that we now call in the contemporary art. And I tried basically to connect professional dancers and then performers or people from the visual arts who are performing and actors with their totally different experience in film to put them on scene and to see how are they interfering and what is actually the mark that any of them are leaving in this process, you know. So in one way I worked with actors and I received what I did receive from them and I have seen how they actually interact to the loose script and how do you go from one scene to another with them. I have seen also performers uh, reacting on the spot, on location. So it made me um, want to cross the line between all these three disciplines with this result, basically. Mm -hmm. Did you work with choreographer? No. No, I worked, uh, let's say, with all of them individually. Mm -hmm. I had help with some people who were coordinating actors or there's a woman who is uh, my colleague at the academy and who had prepared actors in a way they become responsive to my way of working so they were just um, kind of in this space uh, sort of unconscious uh, puppets where they kind of reacted uh, spontaneously to my uh, visions and they performed in front of the camera and sometimes I would continue recording what they did, although it didn't previously stay like that in the script, so I improvised a little bit. And was there an overarching direction that you gave to your collaborators on this project, maybe an image or a thought you wanted them to carry in mind as they were working on the piece, whether they were performers or cinematographers? Yes, I had a talk with all of them and I also have sent them a treatment so they know what is this about. And um, they have collaborated in a way that they also suggested some ways how they want to come to a stage or a place. So there was a lot of negotiation about that, and not in a bad sense. It was just like organically trying to find the best solution for a scene. And I had a very nice atmosphere, I must say. How long were you shooting for? A week. Mm -hmm. I mean, not all days and all the time, but I was at this island for a week mm -hmm. with all the equipment. And uh, yeah, we had a little sponsorship from the hotel in Vis that allowed us to stay because there was like maybe 10 of us mm -hmm. uh, all the time in the hotel rooms. So they um, helped a lot. A question around your own methodology of working, whether on this film or any other project. Is there a special ritual that you have 
before shooting a scene, something that helps you center and enter a particular creative mood? Well, it's not maybe before every scene, but as this was a quite demanding task, I have set myself a rule to maybe withdraw a little bit from, um, let's say, a daily life uh, as I usually have it with many friends and uh, relatives. and So I uh, withdrew a little bit for a month or two before going there to shoot it. And um, a, an actor who is in the film, he helped me in a way to suggest uh, where I where I should go with my, uh, let's say, uh, personal uh, retreat. So he suggested the literature that I was um, following at that moment, trying to concentrate on my breath and trying to be a sort of present and trying not to lose a lot of energy before the uh, start of the film. What kind of literature? Yeah, well, it's not really, I mean, it's not a, a simple self-help literature, it's more like a method of uh, everyday concentrating on your breathing, it's a little meditation that can help you focus on uh, some level. Once you had the idea for the project, and I assume one of the first collaborators would have been a producer who helped you put everything together, was it then the DOP that was the next one to come on board? Cinematographer was one of the students who have joined us on this location as a student who wanted to learn more. Mm -hmm. And he was a very talented student. He's a, also a photographer and he's also a very creative person who makes his own art and uh, he immediately uh, could visualize what I see. Uh, so it was a very good collaboration in the first uh, place. It was like no, nothing was uh, unclear. I mean, it was just uh, as much uh, pleasure as you can have with somebody shooting something that you actually want to shoot. Mm -hmm. Coming back to the performance and performances, there is a strong sense of absurdism in the film. Mm. Watching it, I am imagining that sets were quite fun. It was quite fun to shoot it. At the same time, performers needed to feel very relaxed and safe uh, to, mm. to be silly, to mm. be silly in front of the camera. Were there some methodologies that you were using to help them through that process? Mm. Yeah, yeah, a lot of my pieces, this is actually true, are a bit funny in a way. And there is this element of absurd that is present at the, in maybe in the Mediterranean area anyhow. I think that uh, people are joking more maybe as you go south and it becomes more of an issue. Uh, but I actually really like to work this with this element and I don't know if I am always successful but I wanted to bring it in this film so we were joking a lot and uh, people knew that they are going to make silly things you know and they were all agreeing on that mm -hmm. and uh, talking about the audience and the reception 
how did international audience receive the film? And the reason I'm asking this question is because I'm aware that there are many elements in the film that are quite familiar to Yugoslavian audience, but I'm wondering how do they translate to international mm. audience and whether you have noticed that when you are presenting film abroad that you need to give them an extra information mm. to orient them. Well, in a few places that I have shown this film, I had, um, I think, quite a good response and various response. I mean, what I can say in general is that there is this question that comes along that people ask me, are you joking or are you serious? And are you a fan of Tito or are you criticizing the times of socialism? I mean, this is what people usually ask me concerning this film. Uh, the last place where I showed it, they didn't have these questions at all. And this is Aesthetica Film Festival in Britain, where they didn't ask anything. They were just really, really happy with the film. And somehow they uh, have felt this uh, sort of relationship also to the British history, because Brits were also part of this uh, liberation mo movement uh, on the island of uh, Vis. And they immediately uh, somehow understood the, the humor and in the same time the seriousness of the issue that I was addressing. And um, in Switzerland I had more of this talk with a curator who really liked the piece and was wondering about my uh, history, but she was Bulgarian. Another person who really liked the piece and also showed it, she was Romanian. So it's like, it seems like this whole area very near to uh, ex-Yugoslavia has this relationship to a peace, but I think they see this more of their history, mm -hmm. while uh, here is something else. Yeah? So I had all these different responses. I, as I was saying, in Split they were really, really laughing in Zagreb uh, at the premiere at the Days of Croatian Film a couple of years ago. Uh, nobody was laughing. It was taken seriously. And then with a lot of criticism, I mean, I never heard anything bad about film, but there was something like, okay, what is this now? <laughs> so I had all these um, yeah, different reactions. Is there a particular scene in the film that's your favorite? I don't know. It's, it's hard. It's very hard for me to say that. Uh, there are several scenes that are interesting and that I always kind of come back to of the woman uh, singing after the cinema scene that I really like it's just before they all kind of go away from the camera that I really really like mm. for example I quite like also a dancer who danced as uh, dressed as a marshal, Tito. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, in a Nike uh, <laughs> tennis <And> shoes. <laughs> did he develop that little choreography himself, or did he work with someone who helped him a bit with movements? No, we were talking about that, and we were also discussing what he's doing at this moment and how he moves and what he wants to do. And then he kind of said, okay, I know uh, how I will move here. And um, 
it's, so it's something very contemporary in a way mm. and also very pathetic were there locals around you where you when you were shooting scenes who were kind of a bit confused what's happening and yeah there were locals but they reacted really in a normal way they kind of immediately understood because they know that this is their legacy and this island is very known for this historical moments in the past and uh, so they understood it immediately what i was doing and uh, i didn't have any strange reactions mm. The film was both presented in the cinema, but also as an installation in mm. the gallery. Were those two modes of presentation always on your mind as you were developing the project, or did these decisions and options came up after it was made? Well, it, um, it somehow works in many cases for me that I, uh, uh, as I told you, as I work in an experimental way, I always shoot a lot of material and uh, as I also don't have a script that needs to be put together in exact way as I said in a script, I'm always experimenting with this and that and the way how to connect it. So for me it's very organic also that I can work with installations, especially because I make exhibitions and this is really a piece that can be somehow used for the installation uh, work. So as an installation it was presented in a different way? It was presented on five screens and uh, there were different loops that are from the film that are being shown in the gallery. In that way is more uh, sort of uh, yeah minimal actions that are uh, on the loop that you don't see the whole film, you don't really read the narrative, but you just somehow go inside these absurd actions and scenes, and it's much more of what I have been doing as a person in my performance art and video art. What is the significance in the film of one of the final shots where we see the cinema space and the audience falling asleep? I think it's, uh, it's very much about the saying, is life a dream? Is life a movie? In a way, we are also seeing these historical moments sometimes as a movie projections that have been projected for us, in front of us, you know, and we somehow relate to that. So it's more like saying, okay, this uh, historic moment is finished, okay, we are now entering a new phase and the new movie is being projected. We are maybe not dead, we are just dreaming, you know? And the switch between reality and the fiction is just this moment where you sort of fall asleep in a cinema and you wake up and it's a new movie. It's, you are always in a new projection. So this was, I think, this moment also because after that this person comes out with singing and this singing for me is sort of okay we are now gone from this historical place and we are now entering into something new it's, an, it's a new movie mm. it's interesting I was reading it that the audience is um, in a state of apathy as well 
that there are these changes and you know the invasion of tourism to this historic site and nobody really gives a damn about it. People are falling asleep while they watch this new movie. Well, yeah, in a way. I mean, if you have had a previously different approach to life and if you have been identified with a way of living from before, I think you would also find it very difficult to identify with the way of living now because we all know that like so many people have that. I mean, they don't understand the new principles at the moment. What are we really living? What does it mean to be part of European Union? What is the role of your territory? I'm not speaking about the country, I'm speaking more about what could you expect? And we also witness every day young people going away from this country, there is no work. The reality of having a successful life is diminishing because of new jobs not being created, the education system that is falling apart in a way that uh, needs um, a very new structure. This is the question, like, is this new country able to, you know, to form sufficient life experience for young people? Are we really having this network or are we just falling into less and less important jobs that are serving tourism, entertainment, industry, you know. Is this all what we can do for the next generation? And segueing from there, because you've mentioned education, you're mentioning the next generations, and apart from being a successful artist yourself, you're also a lecturer at the Department of Film and Video at the University here in Croatia. And you will also soon be lecturing dancers in how to work with camera or how to work for camera. I'm interested, what will be some of the advices you will be giving them? How do you work with camera as a dancer? Well, I don't think that I will basically give any preconceived answers about that as a subject that is sort of adding to all their curriculum is something that should make them maybe just be aware that uh, there is this uh, camera or even mobile phone that is uh, always present today and that we feel sometimes recorded in, even in the moments that we don't want to be recorded and that there is this moment that this can be a very nice <laughs> solutions to some problems that you work with while dancing. So I will basically work more on awareness of what a film or photography can do for a dancer. I don't really uh, want to prescribe one or two ways on working with camera because I have my own experience and I have some experience from my, my close friends and colleagues and I know how they work with that but I still think is uh, quite uh, unexplored. There is still a lot of more that we can do in this direction working with bodies and cameras in different ways. I mean this is really something that is uh, interesting to me. What would you say 
does it mean to transfer dance onto the screen to make dance cinematic? Because you were saying that it's unexplored territory what a camera can do for dance. What is it in your view that a camera could do for dance? Well, in a way, I'm sort of always interested in these languages that are not conventional. So I, firstly, I... Uh, I'm not uh, attracted to uh, commercial dance in a way that uh, I explore that. I'm more attracted to the unconventional behavior. This is where my interest comes from. I'm interested in the ways how you can move through the space or uh, even psychologically express yourself and not being trained for that in a conventional way. So it's very, maybe, psychological interest. This is where I derive my interest from. And um, dance is maybe in that way interesting to me, not as a history of dance or forms of dance, but more as an exploration of one's own body through physiology and uh, also psychology. So these ways of expressing are uh, especially inspiring to me and I would like people to encourage to think of uh, incorporating both ways in a document, let's say, in a document of behavior, in a document of interfering with space, interfering with oneself, uh, with other people, so it becomes more clear what are they really doing. And also thinking about that question, what makes dance cinematic, one question that I was raising for myself is whether it's something that the dancer finds in the way they develop choreography with the camera in mind, or is it something that is found through camera, through the eye, or is it something that actually really comes together in the editing process? Well, everything's possible, really. I mean, uh, camera can be on the external position, but a lot of dancers are dancing with the cameras. So they completely have another view uh, from a certain body parts or from the certain moments, or camera is recording from their body to the outer space. I mean, this is also possible. Of course, there is more straightforward way of uh, working with the camera from a very distance and dancer being uh, really very much into his or her dance and then we do final editing and we make the best of it and depends what you work on or who you work uh, with but I find usually very, very interesting recording moments that are not an actual performance that are maybe just practicing for performance or exploring where to perform or exploring how to perform. And um, it's a very interesting form because it's a live form of art. And in, with every live art, there is something that you cannot catch as much as you try. You cannot catch it only in performance. You cannot catch it only in... Uh, the stage, you really need a digging up. And this film form in performance is for me this sort of digging up on what is behind.
Thank you for listening to Dance Cinema Podcast, where we feature conversations with the makers of dance films and videos. From directors to dancers, cinematographers to editors, costume to sound designers. To watch their videos, head to dancecinema.org.